This episode is sponsored by Fire and Fuel Coaching, where I help you discover who you are and where you want to go, both on and off the job. For more information, please reach out to me at my Instagram handle at Jerry Fire and Fuel. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Enduring the Badge Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Dean Lund, and I don't want you to miss an upcoming episode, so please hit that subscribe button. And while your phone's out, please do me a favor and give us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It says, hey, this podcast has a great message, and we should send it out to more people. So please take that 30 seconds to a minute to do that review, and just maybe by doing that, it'll push this up into someone's podcast feed that really needs this message. I also wanted to introduce you to my one-on-one coaching program. It's a program that I've developed to help bring out the best version of you, to help you build those skills of resilience and help you transform your personal life into a much better version of you and bring out your truest potential. And one of the biggest problems we're having in today's society is that work-life, home-life balance And it's really out of balance right now because so many of us feel at home at work. And when we're at home, we feel like we're at work. And it's just that balance doesn't give you the space to create the best version of you. And let's get back to that best version of you. That version that you know that's in the back of your head and saying, Hey, let me out. Bring me back out. I want to be that. Yeah, let's do that for you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Jerry Fire and Fuel, or you can reach out at Enduring the Badge Podcast on Instagram, or you can reach out to me on the website. Now let's jump into this episode that I have a live recording of a conference I did the keynote speech at. It's called the Central Utah Healthcare Coalition, and it's just my view on leadership. Founder of the Enduring the Badge Podcast and Fire and Fuel Apparel, Jerry Lund. View on leadership is maybe a little bit different than other people's view on leadership. So I'm here for you today to answer any questions. This is very, I'm very open, honest, um, vulnerable to a fault at times. Um, but I'm, I'm here for you. So I want to be sure that I answer any questions that you come up. So if you have questions, please raise your hand, and I'll do my best to answer that. Some topics we're going to go over today. We live in uncertain times, for sure. It's probably always going to be that way, especially in the business that we're in. Leadership values and principles. This is kind of a my look on leadership values and principles, on maybe what we should be doing as leaders and what maybe we're not doing as leaders. Improving our communication skills. Is huge. We can always do a better job at doing that. Um, would you agree? Yeah. It's always when we do any kind of after action review, we always get some feedback about our communication. And asking the right questions. As leaders, we need to be asking the right questions. And that's so important because I think as leaders, we don't often get the coaching and mentoring as a leader that we should be giving to the people that we lead. And then are we building the right culture and how are we building the culture? Organizations 
brought from the top down, not the bottom, or excuse me, they're brought from the bottom up, not the top down. That means that if we're not taking care of the people below us, they're just not going to be doing the job that they need to be doing to take and serve whichever industry that you're in. They're just not going to be doing it as well as they should be and could be. I really like this quote. Leadership is based on inspiration, not domination, on cooperation, and not intimidation. Anybody agree with that? Has anybody been under leadership that's been like that? That's dominant? Yeah, so fun. So we live in uncertain times, and that's for sure. As we move through the last few years of the pandemic, we definitely know that. We know that we live in uncertain times, and things happen all the time, right, that are uncertain. We have to just adapt and overcome. For example, I'll tell you a funny story, which is a little bit funny to me. I'm at home preparing for this, the conference. The, we have uh, six kids all together. Three of them are at their step-parents' house, and step-parents have COVID. So I'm like, I'm trying to get out of the house, make sure I'm not exposed, make sure I can make it here. And what do I forget? My computer. And then I get here to check at the hotel. And I have my ID. And, you know, it's just like, what am I going to do? Like, who am I going to count on? Like, where am I going to find another computer? How am I going to download my presentation? Where, you know, just, so I'm like, okay, I just got to, like, keep my crap together and just figure this out. And Kyle, as you know, he's been a huge help to me in a lot of different areas. And who shows up with everything I need? He does. And it's just one of those things that you have to, as leaders, we're always adapting and overcoming and trying to find the way through these uncertain times where it's uncertain as little as this or uncertain as the pandemics or whatever we're moving through in our organizations. Who in here leads people? Most of you. Who, who doesn't lead people? Nobody? No, but there's really nobody that does, that doesn't lead people. At every level, you're a leader. No matter what, what place you're in in an organization, you're always leading and setting an example for somebody. So we'll look at a little example of leading in uncertain times here. The difference between unsuccessful cultures and successful cultures is they use the crisis to crystallize their organizations. And I hope that's what you've seen through going through the pandemic and going through these really uncertain times, is seeing your organizations crystallize. If you have not, we will talk about that and maybe discuss how you can, it's not too late to bring everybody together. Uncertain times test our resilience. In this field, we have to be resilient. Constantly, daily, at home, at work, in every area of our life, we have to build resilience. 
and that will build our character and how we handle the next thing that comes up in our lives. It measures our mental toughness, our capacity to grow and accept non-traditional ways of doing things. I always refer back to the pandemic because it was just like the most recent thing that we've gone through. And this surely fits that. Non-traditional was definitely, right? It was, I mean, at my apartment, it was like, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And we're just kind of winging it until we can get it figured out. At least we're doing something, taking some action. There are always few things that are changing in our lives. We've had the COVID stability in our world. Our families change all the time. Our work life changes. There's not much around us anymore that's not going to be changed, especially with technology constantly in a state of change, and it's just becoming more and more rapid. If you're like me, I'm just like, I can't believe what's happening in the world, and it just seems to continue to be getting worse, and that's, I think, a sign of technology. Somebody heard this story? This is, a, this is a great story about how we, about leadership. This is my daughter, when she was young and nice and innocent and cute. She's so cute and nice. So father took those three pots and he put eggs in one, potatoes in one, and coffee beans in the other. And he brought us out over to kind of prove a point about leadership. After 20 minutes passed, he turned off the flames. He responded from, uh, he transferred the potatoes, the potato out, the egg out, and then the coffee beans. He poured the coffee into a mug. Then his daughter was like, he asked his daughter, what do you see? And she like, I see coffee, eggs, and potatoes. Of course, that's, if I did this with my daughter, this is exactly what she's going to see and do. No matter how much I teach her or try to educate her, this is what she's going to see. But the point here is the potato goes through a transformation. And going from hard to, to soft. Then he asked her to break open the egg, and the egg went from that hard shell to inside. There was a soft egg. Sorry, it's not going. And then she took a drink of the coffee. And both of the flavors and smell of the coffee made the daughter smile. The dad finally broke in silence and says, or she finally broke her sentence and asked for father, what does this all mean? The father answered, all three of these face the same problem with boiling water, but each three reacted differently. The point is that the father proceeded to share the problems basically that we have in our life. It's how we take them and what we do with them. We can let them change us for the good, the bad, it's just how we personally take it and how we have a mindset to take these things. Anybody seen this one? Who drinks coffee? 
Okay, I'll have to shut it off before it gets too good.
hugely important there too to make them find an answer. More, more likely to act on something that they think of as their own. People are trying to do their best with the tools that they have. I think that's something we need to understand as leaders. People really are showing up to work and trying to do the best they can with the tools they have. And the problem is we don't often don't know what's going on at home. You know, what happened on the way to work? What's happening in their personal lives? So that affects us. Can we leave what is happening at home and, and just show up to work all happy and go lucky? Eh, sometimes we can. Sometimes we can't. And it just pours over at work where there's just a building point where it just can spill out. Now there's seven questions that they've done some research on that you should be asking as leaders. What's on your mind? And let the people explain like what's on their mind when someone walks into your office or you're leading them in some manner. Have some questions for them like, what's on your mind? Express that to me. Let me listen to what you're saying. And once again, try to pause and not respond and try not to fix. Try to let them find the answers. And this is a really good one. And what else? Because often people will start talking and then if we interrupt them, with our own ideas or the fix that we're trying to give them, they're not going to finish the thought process. So if you take that three-second pause, you're going to get more information. It does seem a little awkward in the beginning to do that, and like I said, this is a practice skill. What are the real challenges for you? Ask them what their real challenges are. If it's a project, if it's with a person, if it's with a process. Once again, you can't fix something if you don't really know what their real challenge is. Real challenges, and it's their perspective of what their real challenge is. We don't always see from their eyes what their real challenge is, and that's something often we can fix as a leader if we hear what the real challenge is. What do you want? That's a big one. When people come into your office or working with you, what do you really want? What do you want from this conversation? What's your, what's your needs? If you don't ask, you'd be surprised. You're not gonna get the, once again, the right answer of what the person really, really wants. And by asking them, it makes them feel validated in their concerns by asking them. It makes them feel like you care, because you do, as a leader, you really care about your people. How can I help? How can I help you through this? What is it that I can help with, or the organization can help with, or the community can help with?
If you're saying yes to something, what are you saying no to? So someone comes in with a problem, and you're automatically going to say, oh, I can help you with that. What is it that you're saying no to? What other things are you going to give up to help this person? And can you really do that right at that time or down the road? Or are you going to have to put some processes in place? So it's a big one. Because as leaders, statistically, they show that they want to jump right in and say yes to something to fix it. But do you actually have the capacity to do it? Or is this something that they can do if you give them the right tools to do it? What was useful for you? And this is a great way to end the conversation. What was useful in this conversation? What did you get from it? Did you get everything that you needed to feel like you were able to come to me with a problem and leave with possibly a solution that works for both them and you? You need to let them find the answer and pull back your advice again. Just so hard. Because we're fixers generally as leaders and men we're probably terribly guilty about that, right? That's one of our our male traits is we want to fix everything, we want to fix it fast and we want to move on. We're women more likely will want to talk about something and not necessarily looking for a fix. As leaders, we should be asking these three questions of the people that we lead. What one thing that I currently do that I should do, that I should continue to do? And that's gonna be after these conversations or if you have these one-on-one -on -one conversations, I have one-on-one -on -one conversations every 30 days with my crew. And I ask these questions because I can't fix something as a leader if I don't know that there's a problem. And once again, if I don't ask, I'm probably not gonna actually get the right answer. What one thing do I do frequently enough that I should do more often? Is there something that I'm doing very well and you like it and it helps your performance? What I found is the one thing that my guys really like is they like to be thanked. And I thank them all the time for all the different things. And I try to notice all the little different things that they do throughout the day and give them some acknowledgement. On our crew, we have a philosophy of just being 1% better each day. And that's just 1% better, just not stepping over things. And I find guys doing these little projects off the side that take a few minutes, doing all these little things, and when I see them, I tell them thank you. And we can do that with any of the people that we work with, even our kids. What can I do to make you more effective? Which is generally is what they're looking for is the tools that to have or some freedom or something to make them more effective. Sometimes making them more effective it might be just staying out of it and not micromanaging. Um, especially the, as the generations change, I think this is getting bigger and bigger. When I first started into the 
fire service, you did what you told, you never asked why. And that is not the case now. If you ask somebody to do something, they need to know all the why about it. Which is hard, because sometimes as leaders, we don't know, we know the end results, but we don't know how they're going to get there, and it's hard to sometimes explain the actual why you're doing these procedures or doing it this way. Building culture. Building culture is huge. What kind of industries do we have here? Just to throw out. What's that? Healthcare? Hospitals? TV shelter. What's that? The domestic violence. Oh, domestic violence shelter? Okay. Anybody else want to? Public health, okay. What kind of culture are you building in those organizations? Do you do anything like this? An after action review? We do it almost after every single call that we have. An after action review can apply to any of these that you work in, any of these fields. We're trying to find what were we, were we, what was the intended results? What were our actual results? What caused our results? What will we do the next, what will we do the same time the next time? And lastly, what will we do differently? We have to ask all these questions to get a really good after action Review. Is anybody using a system like this? Eric? Did you use a system like this in the military? Yeah, I still do. Still doing it. Yeah. This is huge for us after even the most simplest call because once again, we can't change anything that we don't see. And we're all seeing something different. We go on calls all the time and then I'm going to ask the guys, did you see this? Did you hear this? And they're like, no, I did not. And I'm like, well, I get it because you were doing patient care. And as a captain, I was just standing back and making sure that you were safe and doing it, you know, correctly and making sure everything was getting done. So after actions are really big, but we have to do them in the right way. And this... We have to build habits of being vulnerable. Who likes to be vulnerable? <laughs> Especially in health, healthcare, first responders, anything like that. Like, no, 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 no one wants to be vulnerable. It's and it's true. We all want to put up this little bit of a, a wall and not let really people in. But vulnerability is huge, and as a leader, you have to be vulnerable. It, it's okay for your, the people you work with to know your weaknesses. You know theirs quite often. And it's okay to share theirs, your, yours with them. I have some guys that are really excellent at some things that I'm not. And I go on a call and I know their skills are way better at that than mine. I just put them in that spot to do that job. And then and they know that I will put them in there to do it. And I have complete faith that they will do it. Correctly. When we're vulnerable, we've got to figure out 
once again, we're doing exact action things. What works? What doesn't work? How can we get better? Those are really the three things that we're trying to get out of these after-action reviews. Why avoid being brutally honest? Because it sucks, and it hurts the other person, and it shuts down, and maybe we didn't see, once again, the other person's perspective. But some people thrive on being brutally honest, but you have to find the right setting and the right people to do that with, and you're gonna have to be really close with someone to be brutally honest with them. So, Amber, Canada, Richard, Lester, Cole, and demoralizing. Nobody wants to be demoralizing, especially when you're doing these after-action reviews. That's not what they're there for. They're there for us to find out what we're wrong so we can be better next time. The feedback is more targeted, it's less personal, less judgmental, and equally as impactful. If we hurt someone's feelings in these reviews, how are they going to feel next time something comes up? They're probably going to shut down and not want to, and not be able to perform as high as they want to. Um, easy to make a sense of, of safety and belonging in the group. We're brutally honest with somebody, they're just going to back away and not participate. They're just going to kind of fade into the corner. Has anybody had a staff meeting like that? There's been some brutal honesty and some hurt feelings. And then what happens in the next staff meeting? I'll tell you what I did, and I've, and I've done it in the past. I just don't care, right? Because what I say doesn't matter. And I'm just going to shut down, and I'm just going to listen, and I'm not going to give my feedback until I get my confidence back which is going to be hard. But we have to embrace emotional pain and sense of inefficiency. We have to embrace those two things in a manner that we can use it in a mindset to get better and to make our people better. Pain is not the problem, but the path of building a stronger group. So we need to build strength, but we also have to feel emotions, and we're going to have to be humble, and we're going to have to put our egos aside, and we have to be vulnerable. So what's your what's your culture like? Anybody's culture like this? Anybody's culture better? Suggestions? Like I said, I'm here for you, and I'm, uh, I love feedback. No, no one's no one's there enough. I can just walk out following her. I won't do that because I hate when people do that. So there's six elements for a great company. And we know a lot of great companies that are out there. And they focus around their culture. And part of their culture is not just where they work and some basic fundamentals, their culture is what's on the walls, what's on the floor, what key phrases do they use. The culture is just built in basically, really like 360 degrees. Their culture is all around them. It surrounds them when they're in the workplace, it's on their papers, it's there throughout their company. But we also have to have a clear mission and vision statement 
to lead people with. A clear mission statement and values are like framework for structure of your cultural organization. Everybody have a mission statement, right? Anybody know theirs? Most people, yeah, there we go, awesome. <laughs> did you write it? No, my board did. Oh, were you a part of it though? No, it was before. Okay, that's awesome that you know it. A lot of people don't know theirs or don't just know bits and pieces of their, of their culture. It is short. And... <laughs> short, concise is great, right? It's a great framework for that though. There's not a lot of like whole words, and I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, in this schedule, I'm supposed to do this, and be this person, and do this type. Like, it's just right down to the point. You need to know the why. And you have, what's the why going to tell you? The why is going to give us that direction, right? It's going to give us that daily direction. Why am I showing up to work? Part of one of our mission statements is on our vehicles and it's almost on all of the officers' vehicles. And it's different for the police than it is, you know, the fire department and maybe EMS has some different ones that are written on ours. Ours is proud we proudly serve. So I want to show up to work every day and on our vehicles we proudly serve. When I show up to the call, I want to serve that person and I want to show them I have pride in what I'm doing. And I show them to have pride in what I'm doing by how I dress, how the vehicles look, the patient care that we give them, the service that we give them. I want them to be, in the worst of times, be wowed by the great service and care that we gave them. Knowing your mission and values helps with your craft. Your teams know what where they stand and where, where they're going and what the direction they're headed in their job. It's best to lead by example and to put on clear intentions behind your values so they're more than just words. It's simpler terms in simpler terms act on your values. So like I said, we don't want to be too wordy and too confusing, you know, so just keep it short and concise. How many organizations have changed their mission statement in like the last five years. One, awesome. Why is that important to change your mission statement? Why was it important? Awesome, I love it. Times change. That's why we need to rewrite these things. The business that we were in five years ago is not the same business that we're in today. Even if you're working at the hospital, things have changed at the hospital. The vision has changed at the hospital. Do your best to be supportive of the culture at the workplace. Um, that's, as a leader, we have to kind of continue to go to that vision statement. Maybe sometimes we have to go to that vision and mission statement when we're doing some corrective action with our employees. Like, why is this a problem? It's because you're not holding up the mission and vision statement and the values that are in that. 
who has cultural documents? Like a big cultural document. I wish I wrote wrong cards. It's two pages, front and back. We have a cultural document that says how we're going to discipline people, how we're going to lead people, how do we value people, how do we value customers. They're short and concise, but I can sit down with the members of my crew and we can go through the cultural document. And then we'll read something and I'll be like, well, what does this mean to you? And then they'll share what it means to them and I'll share what it means to me. And then that's how we build that tight-knit bond that we have is knowing how our cultural document guides us and leads us. It's supposed to be the document that leads us through all these difficult times. But what can happen in an organization with a document like that? What, what, do, the, what do you want from a cultural document? You want who you're working for to live up to that cultural document, right? Right? As an employee, you want fair and equitable across the board. And it's generally led by the, by the culture. Encourage your team members to actively participate in the workplace. Make sure your team members know that they have a voice. Does everybody in your organization have a voice? Some of you work in healthcare. I don't know what maybe the lowest position would be there, but do they have a voice? I would, and I don't mean to say this, um, like how, housekeeping, do they have a voice? Because what they do means a lot to everybody. It means a lot to the staff. It means a lot to the patient. And I know this because I've been in the ER myself, I've taken patients into the ER, I've taken my wife into the ER, and some of the things I look at is just how clean is it, right? When you go to a hospital, and if you've gone to some outside of Utah, they're not super clean. And, you know, there's, there's a few here in Utah that are very clean, and it gives you an impression, right? Does a housekeeper have a voice to help make the changes so the rooms are cleaner? Maybe the rooms are clean faster. Right when you're in the ER, you're just constantly trying to turn over rooms, at least in the area that we're at, they're getting so busy that they're just constantly turning over rooms and it's just so hard to keep up with that it went from the housekeeper's job to right now to some of the tech's job, the nurse's job, everybody's pitching in. Does everybody have a voice in your organization? Because it should, because they see things differently than you do and maybe if they have the freedom to express their voice, they can make those changes that are going to be impactful both financially to the organization or impactful for the people that you serve. Working is better when people get involved, whatever company, whatever your company has going on. The more involvement that you can build from every level in your organization, just the super the more success that you're going to have. Like this is very you guys know that. I know that no matter what position you have in the organization, you know that everybody's got to be involved to be successful. And in my organization, we have from firefighters to captains, deputy chief, and chief. If those organizations, each one of them aren't involved, 
stuff gets missed and stuff doesn't happen. And then you don't feel supported. And then when you don't feel supported, you don't feel like you matter. When you don't feel like you matter, you're not going to perform as high as you could perform or should perform. This will give your employees a sense that they belong there rather than they're sitting at their desk each day thinking that their job is just, they're just, out of, they're just at their job, they're just out of workplace. Nobody wants to go to a workplace and just feel like you're there to collect the check. You want to be there because you feel like you make an impact. You want to be there because what I do makes a difference. Otherwise, going to work every day to collect the check sucks. And you got to do that for a really long time in your life. And you spend the bulk of your life there doing that. And it's just not satisfying. At least for me, I have to be in a job where I feel like I'm making an impact and I'm impactful. Organizations and teams have to be transparent. There cannot be no secrets or lying. It deteriorates an organization so fast when a member feels like they're being lied to or something's being hid from them. And I get there are times sometimes there has to be some hidden things that go on, you know, moving of, like we're in our organizations, we're moving of staff and stuff like that at times. It's gotta be kept quiet because Otherwise, the room will start going. And then as firefighters, we're really great at solving every problem in the world. Just, just ask us. Give us a problem, we'll solve it. Probably in 10 different ways. And none of them will be right. You know, it's, we sit around the dinner table and it, we're, we're bad about that. You want to create a trusting environment. You want to be able to have the people you work with come to you. Come to me with your problems. Come to me with your solutions. Come to me with your thoughts. Come to me when something's going on in your family. Like you have to build that, that trust in your organization and it's a huge part of your culture. That means the workplace should encourage open communication between colleagues from leaders to employees and from employees to leaders. It's like I was saying in the beginning, like organizations, they rock from the bottom up instead of the top down. But generally, how does that start? There's some of these issues that we have with our workplace and the cultures and stuff that we have there. You'll find that no one enjoys working for an organization that isn't forthcoming about important aspects of the business. The more they know, the more they're informed, the better decisions they're going to make, and it'll probably help you make better decisions yourself. Especially in combat. Right? Thank you for your service, by the way. That's a pretty impressive resume that hurts that. Celebrate the wins. Celebrate the individuals. Do you work for a company that does that? Great, by show of hands, do you, do you work for a company that does that? I don't know anybody you work for, so. Did they do a good job? That's awesome. Ours is not. So, hopefully, it's still going to get back to them. Uh, which 
Um, ours doesn't. We talk about it in our cultural document that we're going to do it, we're going to celebrate the wins, but we don't actually take the time to do it. Some people in our organization believe that we're always just doing our job. And that's somewhat true. I'm paid to be a fire captain to put out fires and a paramedic to do you know, medical scenes and stuff like that. But sometimes we really do a really good job. And we should recognize people for that. Even though it's been their everyday line of work that they do, they still should be recognized for that. It means something to them. What does it build? It builds all these things that you belong to this culture, that you're valued, that you're actually an important person there, that they know you. When this doesn't happen from the top down, I do it myself. It's not, I take a few bucks, go take them to get some drinks, go take them to dinner, to lunch, whatever. I do it myself because the amount of money that I'll spend to do something like that is minimal compared to what I'm going to get back from my guys. They're going to support me. They're going to go do the extra work for me when they know that I, they, I value them. It can be so simple, and this can be recognized by doing this. One way to do it, um, my wife works for US Bank, and they send a bunch of e-cards, like, hey, congratulations, you have made this accomplishment, great, we're celebrating your success. Which is great, and she really loves it, and means a lot to her, so she just works harder for that. So she's trying to get to the next level, to the next level, by just those little e-cards that are just written by other people that she works with. But I'm going to tell you to step up your game a little bit, and it's going to be super uncomfortable to do it, and you're going to have to find a way to do it, is video. Or second best, a voice message. So depending on how close you know that person, send them a little video on your phone. Hey. I know it's your birthday. Happy birthday. It'll mean a lot to them. Same thing, voice message. The younger generations and where our culture is headed in this world that we live in is video. Video everything. I know. It's uncomfortable. I get it. I'm with you. I have a podcast. I run some different social media programs and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I don't really love seeing my face on a camera, right? Not many people do. It's uncomfortable, but we know as leaders, right, we have to just constantly put ourselves in uncomfortable situations. But I tell you, again, it's going to mean so much to that person to know that you took 30 seconds to wish them happy birthday or 30 seconds to say, hey, you worked at this great full rest. I saw you in the ER. You did this, you brought this patient back. That was so amazing. Thank you for what you did. Um, and they're like, wow, I got recognized. And it's very personal. So try that. I know it's uncomfortable. Let me know how it goes for you. <laughs> After all, employees help make your dream a reality, and that should be something worth celebrating. I really want to see the world come back to, and especially business, the value of people. We know how valuable people are. Who's shorthanded in their business? 
everybody, right? Almost everybody. Everywhere you go, everybody's short-handed. What places aren't short-handed? The ones that are doing these things. The ones that aren't are not being fully staffed. And they're probably not paying great. Saratoga Springs Police Department is the only department in the entire state that actually is fully staffed. Salt Lake City Department, last time I heard, it was like 295 officers. Short. It's not always about money. It's about how you make people feel. So you can bring people to your organization just by showing them the value and maybe opportunities. They have leaders who present, who are present and accessible. Do we have leaders in our organizations that say, I have an open door policy? Is it great to have an open door policy? Sometimes I personally just rather set up an appointment, quite honestly, like, hey, are you busy? Um, do you have time to hear me vent or solve the solution? I know you got this open door policy, but, and they're over there typing away on the keyboard and stuff like that as I'm talking. Right? It's just, are you accessible and are you present? Some leaders are checked out. They're not present. They're not accessible. As you try to make your accessibility in the organization, the higher you go, right, the more difficult it is to find something that's accessible. And even accessible through email or text message or phone call, they're just overwhelmed. Because maybe sometimes they said yes to so many of those things we talked about earlier, but now they're saying no to being accessible. Leaders become the face and of the of the mission and value statement. So the leaders have to walk the walk and talk the talk. I always just, when I think about this, I think of hopefully no one's really high up in the hospital business here, but oh just wing it. Um, I just think of the CEO walking in or CFO or one of those people that are really high up and as they're walking in, they're like saying hi to everybody and like, oh God, thanks, housekeeper, you're doing a great job, and oh, so-and-so, how's your family doing, and try to get to know people. Just make them, once again, feel valued. Walking that cultural document that they have, the mission, the vision statement, like being that every time they show up. As leaders, can we show up at our best every day? I can't. I'm going to be honest, I can't. I try. And there's some people that do an amazing job, and I don't know how they do it, showing up as their best, because I sometimes can't always check my stuff at the door, you know, of what's ever going on in my life, and show up and be like, hey, yeah, nothing's happening in my life, I'm super excited to be here, and we're going to have a great day. But I know that. They know me enough to know that. We've worked together long enough that I can look at them and I can see, yeah, you're okay with that. I see that you have problems at home. So it's just trying to show up to be your best. You don't have to do it every day. There's no perfection in leadership. There's no perfection for any of us in our lives. The sooner we realize that, the better we're off we're going to be. Because we're, otherwise, we're going to be beating ourselves up constantly, trying to search for that perfection. I aim to be great, but I know I'm not going to be perfect. 
Does your organization offer anything to their employees, like continuing education, ways to advance up in the organization? That's huge. Um, like some fire departments are so small that you get hired there and you're going to be stuck in that position for 10, 15 years as a firefighter. And they don't want to be. People want to lead, most of them want to lead very fast. They don't really want to spend a lot of time in the bottom ranks. They think the top ranks look good, they want to pay, so they're going to do what they can to get to the top fast. So you got to have the ways to incentivize them to either stay or give them for their education. A few steps to take um, to get the desired culture you want. Like I said, images. Are you building images around your organization that show your culture? Different, like Google, if you go to Google and you walk in their front doors, it's all Google everything and it's all about their culture document. The colors on the floor, on the wall, again, it's all around them. Things that are reinforcing their culture, what we stand for, being positive. This all giving great service, being excellent at you know being Google and being a Google employee, they give you certain benefits. So they're always showing that. Other organizations that value, you know, they have like military backgrounds. They have all those pictures of the different stages of militaries and things to remind them why we're doing what we're doing. In fact, a lot of places have phrases. There's a restaurant. They have a lot of different phrases that they use with their customers. Um, one of the restaurants I read about was a, they had different phrases for different customers and stuff like that. And when the customer would walk in for the reservation, they'd look on this and see this phrase and then they'd know what this customer likes. And they would set it up for them. So if you have phrases that reinforce your culture or reinforce customer service. Once again, not only do you need to celebrate yourselves, but are you celebrating the people that are walking into your office as customers and stuff like that? Do you know them well enough? Are you trying to get to the know them well enough to help celebrate some of the things that they're going through? I just think of uh, my friend who went through chemo, right? There's there's, they celebrate that. They make it a big point at the hospital to celebrate that. Ring the bell. Like, that's part of your culture. That's part of something that someone came up with. It's a really great idea. Can you establish something like that within your organization? You guys still freezing? You guys doing okay? Kyle, we still good on time? What's that? Copy. Thank you. All right, so we're going to talk about what are good leadership values and principles. And none of these should be foreign to you. Humility. We have that humility will open your mind to learn in the same way that evil will shut down your growth. We have to be humble as leaders in, and as individuals. We have to be humble. Duty. These are things that you see around first responders, um, things that they wear in a shirt. 
duty. Be proficient in your job, technical and as a leader. Make sure makes make sure our injured tasks are understood, supervised, and accomplished. Develop your people for the future. I'm developing my guys to take my job. I'm not going to be there forever. I'm on the SWAT team. I'm the only person from the fire department that's on the SWAT team. If I leave or get hurt, it leaves them without a SWAT medic. So I'm trying to always find someone to replace me. When I leave as a fire captain, I want one of the guy, my guys to be captain. I want to train them so well that they're going to do excellent on the test and everything that they're going to take my spot when I leave. Not before, but when I leave. If you guys can't tell, I'm a little bit dyslexic. So <laughs> when I read stuff sometimes, the dog gets jumbled in my mind. But thank you for being respectful and uh, letting me power through that. Know your people and look out for them. Look out for their well-being. Keep your people well-informed. Build that team. Everybody works in a team here, I would imagine, right? Everything's like team-based these days. You have a team. Integrity. Know yourself and seek improvement. Seek responsibility and accept responsibility for your actions. Set the example. I will always tell my guys, if I did something wrong, I'll tell them, it's fine. I'm not going to lose my job over it by telling them that I did something wrong, that I did a mistake. It's a learning experience. It goes back to the after-action review. So I'm just going to say, hey, I did that wrong. I could do that better next time. I've learned my lesson. I'll be better. But I have to do that. If I don't do that, then we have an after-action, and it's kind of like, well, nobody wants to say anything because they're going to... Someone's going to jump down my throat, or I'm going to get my feelings hurt, or I'm going to feel inadequate. So, as a leader, you have to be open and do these things first. Perspective. Perspective is something, like, I want to say everything. Like, perspective is huge. It's so difficult to also understand people's perspective on things. If you look at these, like, robberies or shootings or different things that happen and people give witness they're like here can you take this witness statement or write down what happened and then you start reading them and like um there's like a description of four or five different guys or gals or like nothing seems to match like we're all seeing something different or maybe we're seeing something that we want to see vulnerability it's the new leadership way, being vulnerable. It used to be, I felt like, there was no vulnerability at the leadership level. It was always just, my way is the right way, and if you don't like it, there's another place you can go work. So being vulnerable makes people want to work with you. It makes them vulnerable. My guys share things with me that they probably don't share with their wives, and I do the same. We just have such a nice, tight-knit group that we know what we can talk to each other about, and without judgment. Like I said, it starts at the end. You just, you just have to do it as uncomfortable as that may make you feel, especially as a man. I feel like it's a lot, a lot harder for ourselves. Women are seem to be a little more vulnerable. 
which is a great quality. But man, we have to break down those walls and, you know, got to start feeling things, not just blocking things out. And I, it's not a weakness. It really is a strength. It's a, it's a strength in your work relationship. It's a strength in other relationships that you have. How do you have a good, strong, nice, tight relationship with somebody without being vulnerable? Empathy. Empathy is huge. I feel like empathy in these second careers that we have is an up and down roller coaster. As we're feeling about the organization or empathy, good about the organization, our empathy is up and it's high. And then, and our personal lives affect that as well. But once those things start happening in our personal lives and start happening, you know, at work, our empathy seems to go down and it goes back up and then goes down. That's what I've noticed about myself. And I've had to learn that about myself so I could change it. So I could be more empathetic all the time, no matter what's going on. The leader first and foremost is human. Only when we can have strength to show vulnerability can we truly lead Simon Sinek. We love Simon Sinek. Yeah, I love him. He's a smart dude. Smart, smart dude. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you access your podcast. If you know someone that would be great on the show, please get a hold of our host, Jerry Dean Lund, through the Instagram handles at Jerry Fire and Fuel or at Enduring the Badge Podcast. Also, by visiting the show's website, EnduringTheBadgePodcast.com for additional methods of contact and up-to-date information regarding the show. Remember, the views and opinions expressed during the show solely represent those of our hosts and the current episode's guests.